0: Guess what? If Justin Trudeau can't get Trans Mountain built, Andrew Scheer says he can. He'd be the first, but yeah. He says if he becomes prime minister, he'd get that pipeline built by invoking constitutional powers and banning foreign funding. So we have talked a lot about foreign funding on this show. Huge problem in this country, and it's getting bigger. We've got activist groups that are based here being given foreign funding by outside groups who want to interfere with our resource development. You take a group like Tides, the Tides Foundation is a big one. They give money to groups like Lead Now, which then play a big role, not only in stopping pipeline development by going out and protesting, they meddled pretty heavily in the last federal election, campaigning very, very heavily against Stephen Harper. And, of course, in the Ontario election, going after Doug Ford. They made it their mission to stop a Doug Ford government. But opening up constitutional powers, that's interesting. We're not talking the Constitution, but he would actually apply our charter to get stuff done. Well, isn't that a novel approach? It's about darn time. So let's ask him. He is the conservative leader. He is Andrew Sheer, and he joins me now. Mr. Scheer, good to have you with us finally. Um, It's been busy, and... There's a couple of things going on. There's a lot of news, obviously, going on with the headlines. But I want to start with the recent headline that caught my eye of how you would get Trans Mountain built. And you say uh, Andrew Sheer government would, in fact, use your constitutional powers. But you would also, I think this is interesting, go after the foreign investors that are interfering. And I want to start with that. How do you stop those who are interfering with foreign money? I mean, how would your government stop that?
1: Right. Well, as you know, uh, a lot of groups here in Canada get funds from uh, other countries, uh, either uh, organizations that are affiliated uh, or donors, big, you know, millionaire and billionaire donors in, in the U.S. and Europe uh, funnel money into Canada specifically with the express goal of blocking projects, not trying to get better projects or higher standards, but literally to leave the oil and gas in the ground. Uh, the Liberals have uh, an, an approvals process right now that lets anybody appear before the hearings. Mm-hmm. Anybody can uh, appear before the board and these groups will use that to uh, to gum up the system, to 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 make the appeals process even longer, uh, to, to weigh down the hearings with all these submissions when they don't actually have a direct link to the, pro- uh, the, the, the project. So what I'm saying is that our process would restrict people who are in front of the board uh, to people who have a direct impact on the case, so not, not to allow, uh, you know, the Tides Foundation or a, a foreign entity to come and make submissions, but, you know, if you're a landowner, if you're a farmer, if you're a, a cottage owner, if you're a municipality, if you're a First Nations community along the route, uh, of course, you should have the ability to, to make a submission. If you're an environmental engineer with expertise in an area and you want to uh, bring a concern to uh, to light, of course, you should be able to do that. But we shouldn't allow foreign money uh, to come in and affect decisions that affect Affect every single Canadian.
0: No, but these are the very groups that will be stopping you or doing their best to stop you from getting uh, elected, period. So, uh, you know, these are very big groups. They've got very deep pockets backing them, and, and I still, you know, they're still going to be out there protesting pipeline development. So if they chain themselves to a tree or they chain themselves to whatever's being built, they can still interfere. Well,
1: well, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you rightly point out the fact that we saw in the last election an unprecedented level of foreign groups using organizations here in Canada uh, to affect the outcome of an election, and we're seeing this more and more. You know, where there's all kinds of allegations of not just foreign groups, but even foreign governments uh, having impl- becoming implica- implicated in in elections. Uh, I believe when it comes to people who protest uh, on the west coast who chain themselves to trees and lay down in front of bulldozers, it's always frustrating because I don't see them doing the same thing you <laughs> Up and down the St. Lawrence, while tanker after tanker of foreign oil coming in from Saudi Arabia, Algeria, uh, and the U.S. come into our market. So it's quite clear that they're politically and ideologically motivated, and and we need uh, we need to make sure the government stands up to the rule of law. Nobody gets to just pick and choose what uh, which laws they want to follow. And we live in a society where you know you you can have your say, but you don't always get your way, and nobody gets a veto on these things. If 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 these projects are, are are of the highest standards, they meet the technical requirements. Uh, not any one Canadian gets to just say, well, I want to exercise a veto over that. And So we have to have a process that takes legitimate concerns seriously, has meaningful consultations, but at the end of the day, a process that gets to a yes, not designed to always get to a no.
0: The other area that you have said that you will look into is opening up your constitutional powers, not the Constitution itself, but you'll use the powers already in uh, to get the pipelines built, using the argument, I guess, that, if it's in the best interest of all Canadians, um, that you'll get this done. That may be met with some resistance.
1: Well, of course, you know, you, you, we have a, uh, an NDP government in British Columbia that doesn't want uh, the pipeline built. So, of course, there are going to be uh, people who are opposed to that. But the Constitution is very clear. The reason why we have a confederation, the reason why certain things fall under federal jurisdiction is precisely so that we can act in the best interest of all Canadians. And we can't allow uh, a government, uh, an NDP government in British Columbia to hijack or to uh, uh, suspend a project that has massive implications, not just for uh, Albertans and, and and people from Saskatchewan, but also for people in Ontario who uh, manufacture heavy mm-hmm. equipment that goes to work in the oil sands, that, 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 that uh, you know, in the financial services sector that depend on Canadian companies being successful in the energy market. So, yes, I'm proposing that we that I, as Prime Minister, I would introduce legislation that would invoke that clause in the Constitution to provide greater clarity and a more robust framework around this so that lower levels of government can't uh, achieve what they call death by delay, which is, you know, Constantly putting up new regulatory uh, roadblocks until investors finally say, well, we can't do business in Canada. We're going to put our money into the United States, which is already happening.
0: I mean, in the charter, as I understand it, the federal government has the power to declare pipelines as being in the best interest of Canadians. Uh, if there's a power available now, why hasn't it yet been used?
1: Well, I would love to know that. You know, the, this is where I believe that Justin Chiro doesn't actually want to see it built. He just needs it not to officially die before the next election. Because outside of the House of Commons, he will often say that this project is in the national interest. And yet he refuses to put any meaningful action behind that. He per- refuses to put uh, some teeth to that. And that would be this legislation. And he has the opportunity right now. He could do it tomorrow. And in fact, he promised he would in April. He said that he would bring forward legislation that would do exactly this. Well, here we are at the end of September. We've lost the summer. The, the people that were expecting to be able to work on this project have remained out of work. And every other energy company and investor around the world is looking at Canada right now and saying, you just can't do business there. And they are putting their money into other countries. And that's why I don't understand. Justin Trudeau is, is sending jobs and investment and money and cheap oil to the United States instead of standing up for Canada's energy sector.
0: Right, and by the time it gets built, uh, I I honestly don't know how many years we're looking at, but nonetheless, uh, we are being held up by it. I want to touch upon a couple of other issues while I've got you. Uh, Veteran Affairs Minister Seamus O'Regan, certainly under heat these days. Um, You know, there is a a convicted killer, a cop killer, getting um, access to veteran... Um, services that should not get it. And this has been something that Mr. O'Regan, Mr. Trudeau, don't want to talk about. Uh, and he finally rose today and said that he is asking officials stop providing support to uh, any family members who might be incarcerated. It's kind of mind-numbing to me that this is not already in place. But your, your party is, in fact, pushing for a vote to go further because, as I understand, um, it doesn't actually stop the young man from getting any services now.
1: It, it, exactly and and here we are weeks after this story first came to light and and I'm like you I can't understand how this happened in the first place but the minister has the power and the responsibility that when his department makes a mistake when a when a lower level official uh, either lets something slip or makes a a terrible judgment, uh, an error in judgment, uh, the minister has a responsibility to fix it. And he could have, weeks ago, just issued a directive saying, no, this is not appropriate. The money in Veterans Affairs is supposed to go to veterans. People have put on a uniform and fought for this country or risked their lives For this country, not to someone who, you know, I won't even describe the murder, it was Mm -hmm. horrific. Uh, You know, just a a terrible attack on an off-duty female police officer should not get benefits from the department. And what we're saying is, okay, fine, you know, finally, you may have uh, talked about what happens in the future, but we still have this case where this guy is getting benefits met for veterans. And I still can't figure out why this government can't show some leadership and just pick up the phone and say, cancel this payment. It's not right.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why they're hiding behind it either. I mean, this is one of those no-brainers that you can't lose on, but nonetheless, they are standing or dragging their feet on it. Um, and, and frankly, I think veterans are, are taking notice. I think they took notice quite a long time ago. Before I um uh, let you go, I should have asked this uh, probably with the pipeline topic, but I do want to know your thoughts, though, on the comment said in the House today by NDP MP Romeo Saganash. Uh, he was quite animated in what he said. Uh, did you have a reaction to that or why he would have said something like that?
1: Well, you know, it's always disappointing when someone uh, lets emotions get the better of them and, and use language like that. You know, we, we should be having uh, respectful debates. But again, on the substance of the issue, the NDP are never looking to have uh, a meaningful process that that gets to a yes. They, they use these objections to get to a no. Are, are there First Nations communities who, who don't support the pipeline? Absolutely. But I can find you 40 that have signed partnership agreements that are looking for these types of uh, projects to put people to work in their community. And we cannot just, you know, we cannot allow a small group mm-hmm. of ideologically motivated uh, people uh, to, 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 to exercise effectively a veto on this. And as long as the process is meaningful, as long as we can say, okay, look, we actually had consultation. There's an opportunity for legitimate concerns to be addressed, then I believe we can look at anybody and say, look, we understand, we might never convince you to, like... This or support this, but you have to respect the outcome of this process. We live in a society where I don't like every decision that, that that affects me when it comes to municipal governments or provincial governments, but that doesn't give me a right to just ignore it or to to to, to block due process in these types of things. And, and 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 so you know, when it comes to the NDP, yes, you know, sometimes they they let their emotions get the better of them, but it's it's always the same with them. They they don't actually want oil and gas to be developed and exported around the world, which is a shame because so many jobs depend on it. And Canada has the highest standards in the world for these types of things. We're better off taking oil and gas out of the ground in Canada than in Saudi Arabia, Algeria, or Nigeria, where they have terrible human rights records and terrible environmental standards.
0: That I cannot disagree with, but I will thank you for joining me. Mr. Shear, thank you.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure.
0: That is a leader of the Conservative Party joining me. On point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.